the last uh, advice he got from the sages of his clan were, you have to go see the world with eyes unclouded by hate. Welcome to Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Today, we are joined again by Obeid Abdur, who is a landscape photographer out of the United Arab Emirates. He is one half Emirati, one half Egyptian, and 100% Rahib, which means awesome. Obeid, thank you so much for being back here on the show. You were here um, back at episode five, I believe, and now we're here at 203. So thank you. Oh man, I should, I should, I should have waited two more episodes to to get to, to satisfy my OCD <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> you know, we, we, we can, we can adjust it. You know, it's just a number. Yeah. Age, is. age is just a number, but there's, yeah. there's a lot that has happened, um, in both of our lives between two and a half years ago. And now one of the most amazing things is now you're married before you were yes, single Shabab and now you're a married man. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, thanks a lot for the introduction, man. Like initially, uh, I couldn't help but smile just hearing you and being on this podcast again. Because yeah, uh, there's a lot of. I think there's a big sense of nostalgia to this, <laughs> but I'm excited that we're we're getting kind of like a fresh outtake or a fresh take. Sorry on on today's episode, inshallah. So yeah, I've gotten married. Um, a lot has happened. I mean, when you met me, I was less than a year into my. Uh, freelance photography uh, career path, and, uh, and that was when 2000, uh, 2018. Yeah, I quit at the end of 2017, and you met me right before I finished the whole year of being uh, uh, completing a year of, of going full time. And uh, yeah, man, lots of lots of ups and downs, a lot of up and down, a lot of up and downs. But I'm very happy uh, that I went through it all, and I think there's a lot of things that I've learned along the way, and you know. We, we get better, get better by learning. So I hope, I like to think that I've gotten better, not just in photography, but again, in life, you know, get, getting married is a big step and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure. Needless to say, but yeah, anyway. Getting married is always an upgrade. So I think uh, you've, you have gotten yes. better probably because you got married at least. <laughs> so at least oh, that's for sure. That. I'm not, I'm no longer accountable to just myself, you know, I, I, I need to, you know, especially for a future and career, you kind of, uh, there's a, there's a, there's more people in the picture now, right? Absolutely. And more people potentially in the future, right? I know now you have, cause you have kids, right? So I'm thinking at first I used to think about just me and myself and where I'd been five years. And I didn't think I'd get married. If you met, when you talked to me back then, I wouldn't have thought uh, I would have been married within the, the next five years, but here I am. And, uh, I may say that I'm not ready for kids now, but go, you know, God knows what's in store for me. <laughs> Inshallah. Uh, but uh, just in case, I don't want to be caught unprepared and preparation is key. And one of my favorite quotes, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times, is that um, uh, luck is when uh, preparation and opportunity meet, right? So I plan on getting a lot more lucky moving forward by, by planning and preparing a lot more. And I mean, that's, it's true. It's all in the preparation, which kind of brings us to the, the point that I really wanted to explore with you in this episode today, which is a, sure. a lot of, whether it's freelancers or small business owners, people who, who really, their businesses, their income rests upon their shoulders. I feel like myself included, and when I talk to, to other freelancers and entrepreneurs, there's this kind of tension 
that we feel in our lives between the grind of putting out content, the, the grind of being active on social media, of uh, finding new clients, of keeping new clients, just getting our, our faces and our work out there. And with it, it often, often comes this anxiety, this pressure of we can never do enough. And then on the flip side of that, we say, okay, well, you know, what I really want to do is I want to pour into my children or I want to, you know, spend time out in nature. I want to pull back from these dopamine cycles of social media and phone and nonstop connectivity. And I've seen you over the last two and a half years, you're, you have an incredible Instagram following and account. Your photography is amazing. And yet, you disappear off of social media for months, months at a time. And so I wanted to, to kind of pull out of you some wisdom pieces like, how do you do that? How do you reconcile that conflict for yourself personally? Uh, I think it really is a conflict. Uh, and the word is very important to define it. I... Uh, to give you context or an understanding of how I feel or how I deal with this situation itself is that um, I'm a generally, or a lot of people would meet me would usually say, you know, I'm the generally a happy-go-lucky fun guy. And I'm, I, I like to smile a lot and I like to laugh a lot. But then I think when it comes to the aspect of work and production and kind of assessing yourself, and I'm, I'm hypercritical with myself to a fault and and uh, that fault kind of leads me down a downward spiral of, uh, let's say, a wave of negative emotion. And I promised myself early in my career, and especially since I quit my job, that I'm going to be true to myself and I'm never going to fake. You know, I don't want to be the guy who I don't I'm not the positive. Uh, like, yeah, when you meet me in real life, I'm very happy and I do talk in, in a hopeful demeanor, but I will never put on a fake, positive, toxic positivity kind of uh, uh you know, persona, right. that's just not me. And I think the last few years, there's a lot of self-doubt, a lot of questioning of, of who I am, not in that sense, but like, what is the art that I produce? Um, I think the first year of my work has really revolved around creating just beautiful images. But is that all I do? Am I just creating pretty pictures? I felt like, no, there's, there's a lot more I wanted to create. And again, this is just me being hypercritical of myself, asking my peers at a later stage or people who are following me then said, that's fine. That's great. Like just make beautiful images. We want to look at beautiful art. And, uh, and, and we were talking about this a little before you started the podcast. I think one of the biggest things that pushed me down this downward spiral is as soon as I have an association that my work is inadequate or my, or the effort I put in is not good enough, or my work is not good enough, I fall into this whole, like, uh, this pit of imposter syndrome, right? So, like, who am I? Who am I to talk? Who am I to teach? Who, like, why, why is it me that's grabbing a camera and sharing it with people? Do I really deserve, you know, XYZ followers and all these comments and these likes and, and the attention of people? And, uh, and these were, were kind of things I was struggling with the past the past couple of years. The breaks, I think, were uh, a means to heal myself in that mentality that I used to fall under a lot. The first time I went on a very long break was I think I went to Oman for like 10 days by myself, just driving completely by myself. I, I had the general plan of where I wanted to go, but there was a lot of emotion that like swelled up, especially when you detach yourself from the 
the numbing uh, attributes of social media, of constantly being on social media and uh, being surrounded. Because, you know, Arab culture is a very, you know, we don't talk about uh, our feelings as publicly as we do. Uh, we don't discuss these things with one another openly. And it's, it's, not, okay, it's, it's not okay uh, to be not okay publicly. You know mm. what I mean? So I, 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 did, I, you know, I, I took myself away from the situation and I went and I tried to heal. And bit by bit, because of this detachment from social media, I decided to prolong the case. And I felt like, you know, I don't have to go on right now. I really want to figure myself out. I don't want to look at my work and hate myself or hate my work or feel like, nah, this isn't what I want to do. So there is a lot of that. And I think it's coming up now. And I'm sorry, this is going on quite, quite longer than I initially thought I would talk about. But I think this, this came about because for so much of my life, I think for 25, 26 years, I've never had this kind of conversation with myself, right? Mm. I've been repressing this whole, whole, like, you know, I went to college, did finance, studied, worked in a bank. I like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But that was because it made money because, you know, it would make somebody in my family happy because, you know, it makes good income because it's rational, but we're not rational beings. <laughs> and, uh, and I've come to terms of that. And I tried to, you know, figure that whole path out. And Alhamdulillah, I think I'm in a much better state of mind than I am. I don't think I'm going to be going on as many breaks for as long as I have done. I think one of the long, I've been like a year off social media completely, um, you know, or just sporadically checking it for something important, but not nothing major. Like maybe I think my screen time at some point was like five minutes a day for like a month or for like a couple of weeks, which is amazing. But this is, it's kind of not the world we live in right now, especially as a freelance creative artist. So, you know, <laughs> trying to figure things out still, man. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be surprised in that, that someone that has such incredible art, so, such incredible photography, would be feeling so negative about yourself. I mean, you know, when you post something, you get strings of comments. Your your engagement is so high. Your art is incredible. The the sublime that you're able to create in your photography is just mind blowing. Do you, do you, do you feel that people f find that surprising? Don't, don't you feel that people might look and be like, really, why are you so insecure? And in that time of healing, the second part of the question, even in this past year off, what have you kind of come to to be able to reconcile that, what, what have you been able to come to, to maybe conquer or, or overcome some of these feelings? I don't think as many people are surprised as it may seem, um, just to answer the first part of your question, because generally, even when I write my captions, they're very, you know, um, in the moment and very emotional at times. You know, I, I really pour everything into my writing. If I want to write or I want to photograph or whatever it is I do, I put, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve then and there. So people have read these things. And I think a reason why I've been getting good reception and resonating with a lot of people is because I'm, I'm saying what they can say themselves. And maybe it's not within the world of photography that they feel the way I feel, maybe in different aspects, but it's, it's relatable, right? Mm. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know about you, man, but I've, as I've grown older, I've become an extremely empathetic person. I mean, like if somebody cries on TV I'm you know, I'm bawling, <laughs> Just, which is funny. Cause I thought, you know, growing up, like, why would I cry? Why is there ever a re any reason to cry? 
And I think that part of me is able to make people resonate with, um, I'm able to resonate with people in that manner. Um, and you know, I, I, I do funny zoom ins into my face and a lot of people on Instagram are like, why don't you do your funny zoom in into your faces anymore in your Instagram stories? And I'm like, ah, man, I'm not just about that. Come on. No, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not also just a sad cracked eggshell. Um, and I'm, and I've, I think the reason why I'm, I'm moving away from this or trying to get over this is because I'm, I'm constantly trying to remind myself that I am the sum of the parts of all of my experiences in life, right? My culture, my religion, my education. And I can't just think that one aspect will define me, right? If I'm a bad photographer, my bad husband, my bad brother, my bad friend. And I'm like, no, I'm a great, I'm a, I think I'm a great brother and I'm going to be a great husband and all that stuff. So I, I'm, so what I'm trying to do is kind of like, wishy-wash and play with all this energy and redirect it in better and better sources. And I'm also trying to not overthink and um, overcomplicate things. I do tend to overthink. I can, you know, I, I, th- I try to hop in for a five minute shower. I spend an hour in it, just like literally looking in a corner, replaying things in my head or, or literally going into, you know, having a conversation with Plato or something. I don't know, like not really, but to that extent of a philosophical nature. And I'm trying to really just like snap out of it and try to get away from this escapism. I mean, the whole reason why I started photography is because I hated my, my day job, my corporate job. And it was my form of escapism from, from the mundane and the, the quote unquote boring aspect of life, you know, to each their own. And I can't, I can't judge that for anyone. And now that I'm in photography and now that it's my career, I find myself trying to escape sometimes in some other way to other, to other avenues. And I'm like, no, man, this is why this is, you left it for more of a reason than just escaping your other job. You love it. Like, I love that it's a reason I go out and shoot. I love that it's a reason. Like there's, there's been a very few times in my life where I'd wake up in the morning, I'd look at a beautiful scene, especially if I'm on a shoot, the sun would be hitting my face. There's this amazing mountain range behind me or in front of me. And I literally say out loud, Alhamdulillah, I love my job. Like I see it with so much heart that this huge sigh of relief comes over me. And I, I, I'm happy when that happens because it kind of like eradicates these doubts that keep coming. But I see myself currently as like a, a ship that's sailing the sea and there's a lot of holes in me and there will always be these holes in me. They're, they're irreparable. Like, I don't think I can ever repair them. Maybe it's just a phase of my, of, of my life right now or something like that. But but I can link these holes to back when I was younger as well. Now mm. that I've have more clarity and my job in my life is to reach my destination and to reach my destination. I have to keep churning that water out and it's going to be hard and it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to have to do it because I'm not willing to sink, you know, um, I want to just get there and I want to see what the world has to offer. And I want to see what my life has to offer. And these, this kind of, uh, these kind of reminders help cement me and help pull me away from just like looking at a sinking ship. Cause you know, I'm sure if anybody was in a ship and it started sinking, you're going to stare for a few seconds or for maybe for a few minutes and you'd be confused. And I think that's what a big, a big chunk of my time was like the past two to three years. But now moving forward, I still want to take my breaks. I'm not going to say, I don't want to be glued to my phone. I hate it. I mean, I don't want to wear, I wear glasses. I don't want to, strengthen the prescription, <laughs> but, but, uh, but at the same time, I want it to be extremely meaningful. I need to know why I'm going away and for the right reasons, not because I'm trying to run away from a commitment or a job or, a, or a potential of growth or an opportunity. Cause 
opportunities are reasons to be scared as well because you of course people and i i think you may also know related this you you there's the self-doubt element am i going to be yeah. capable can i do this right you know again imposter syndrome striking again but again detaching myself from from that trying to see it from a bigger picture alhamdulillah my wife cements me very well and i'm very frank and i talk to her a lot she's really my best friend when it comes to these matters and and people assess your talents better than you ever can right because they're the ones who are receiving said end of the talent and receiving the product you produce so so i'm it's important for me to not cut those people off because they kind of help me understand what it is i'm doing from different eyes um and, and one of one of my favorite lines and i'm just a little bit a little thing one of my favorite cartoons growing up or my favorite show and uh, movies ever growing up is a movie called princess mononoke it's by studio ghibli they're the same people who did spirited away and uh, i really relate myself to the main character um his name is prince ashitaka and he has to go on this whole journey and he gets like ex excommunicated from his clan and the last uh, advice he got from the sages of his clan were you have to go see the world with eyes unclouded by hate mm. and and i thought that was very deep you know i watched this movie when i was nine i watch it maybe every year since then and i still resonate with it and now i'm coming to understand what that term means because heat cannot just be an outward force it can also be an inward force or perspective right hate of one hate is a strong word but you know negative right. emotion yourself of of perception of yeah. experience so i'm trying to again detach myself from that emotional side and trying to view the world in a more neutral state with kind of like a hint a little bit of a spice of positivity hope, and hope maybe <laughs> maybe some hope yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i, I yeah. think you know zooming zooming out i know you know you as a, a landscape photographer you're speaking out of your experience as a photographer out, out of your art and i know that a lot of people listening you know they're not photographers maybe they're they're small business owners maybe they're stay-at-home moms maybe you know there's all but i think in so many ways our experience is the same when, when it comes, at least when it comes to this, in that inner world of self-doubt, um, hatred of self, feeling like we're falling short, comparison, uh, envy, looking at other people and seeing how successful other people are. And it can, yes. it can cause us to, just as you did from your banking job, you know, you withdrew into something, into photography, and then you found out that photography wasn't the answer. That switching careers, even though it, it answered a lot of things and opened up so many avenues in your life, it wasn't the answer to resolve the holes in your sinking ship, right? It wasn't. Yes. And now here you find yourself years later um, in some ways <clears throat> still having to withdraw. Um, I, I just find that interesting because I think so many people, myself included, we can face that self-doubt, that self-hatred, um, feeling insufficient, whether it's you call it imposter syndrome or just doubting yourself, your your capabilities, your giftings. And it, it can be paralyzing. It can be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it overflows to every other stage of your life, right? You, you feel like your business is struggling and then you feel like you're you're a bad husband or a wife or a bad parent or... You know, it, it, it can overflow to every area of, of life. Your life, right, yeah. You shoot yourself in the foot and then you have to limp the whole way, right, through life. And, I, and, and the thing is, 
there see the thing is with the thing the biggest problem with negative emotion is that it feeds off each other and it can you know trail trail off into different things into you know even if you're generally not a very jealous or angry person or a resentful person it can you it can lead to that you know like imagine being friends or having a best friend or or something like that you know and and you're kind of going through this whole ne- negative path and what what seems on the outside from what you're looking at your friend is that things are going well from for him you know, like why you 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 won't admit to it, and it takes a lot of guts and courage to admit to these things. And I think it's important too. But you may feel some kind of anger towards them. Like, why are things going good for them and not for me? Yeah. Of course, you know, parents will always say, "Don't compare yourself with others; just compare yourself with yourself." And it is it takes a lot of effort <laughs> not to compare yourself with others, right? It takes a lot of effort for ourselves, like me in the photography business. Like I have competitors, I have competition, I have people that I'm going up against. I have to compare myself because if I'm doing worse than them, I need to know what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just from a career standpoint. Okay, you know, if I'm if I'm going to compare myself with with uh, you know people I idolize or people who I look up to and people I want to be, and their standards are extremely high, and I find myself falling so short of that, it makes me again. You know, it's very easy to fall into that trap. But uh, I think more important, it's it's important to like redirect the energy and that kind of attention. And I've realized this by taking a quick break and just taking a step back and looking at things. And and I've seen myself do this more and more. Although I'm talking a lot on this podcast, I have been known among my group of friends to be a person who talks a lot. But these days, I find myself listening more than speaking and not talking as much and thinking twice before I speak. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. And that's leading me towards like a better, more mm. intentional place. And I don't want to say intentional. I mean, yeah, part of it is intentional, but more, more of a place that makes me understand what it is I want to say and ultimately who am I and why am I saying it, right, as a result. Well, Beta, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're opening up in such a, kind of transparent, intimate way um, with these these struggles. I mean, just today, my wife and I were having a conversation about different disappointments um, in our life, you know, thinking that we should be oh, in a different place, a different stage, different level of success. Um, and I, like you, over the last two and a half years since we met and did, did this show, together. I've had so many disappointments. I, I thought that this would be in, in a completely different place than it is today. And my wife and I we were talking about disappointment and uh, suffering is a little bit of an extreme word, but um, when things aren't working out your way, like, well, why, you know, the the big mythological or uh, philosophical question, like, why does this happen? And uh, as we were talking, it's like, well, well suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And so it's it's what do we do when we're faced with that disappointment? What do we do when we're faced with disappointments, whether it's in our business, whether it's in our, our competencies, our abilities, in our, our ability to be good parents or our ability to create great art, to you know, edge out your competitors or make a sale. I think there's so many different areas that disappointment can creep into our lives. And if we allow it to turn to self-hatred or we allow a root of bitterness to grow 
against the the people around us. You know, where there's envy and jealousy, there is every wicked and evil thing. So when yes. we allow envy and jealousy into our lives, there will create a garden bed for every dark thing to spring up into our lives of bitterness and hatred towards others. But when we're able to, as you've so well described, take those steps back and and kind of prune our garden, weed our garden, and allow us to persevere through the hardship, endure through the hardship, build character, substance mm-hmm. in our life, um, that in turn creates hope. And it's, I think, that lens of hope that enables us to keep going, knowing that, okay, well, yeah. today we might not get there. We might not get there tomorrow. We might not get there ever in our life, but we can have this this hope of something that's to come. And and that's the thing that I I think I I hang on to personally as I as I look through disappointments. I'm like, okay, this is this is the reality today, yes. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lift my eyes to something that's greater to come. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's it's the silver lining, right, to to your life and the makes you understand that you've gone through all of those, you know, bumps down the road and all of that suffering for a reason. So that when the, when the day the sun shines upon your life and upon everything that you hold dear comes and you feel grateful and you understand its meaning. And it's not just a sunny day. It's a, it's the best day ever. And it's, and there's a reason why there's a reason why you can enjoy it. You know, the, the, the fact that you can stand on your own. T- I mean, I don't want to go into this too much, but I've been, uh, I told you that I went through a bit of a, of a surgery. I had like a bit of a back problem a few months ago and I had surgery and I was, you know, homebound for a couple of months and made me quite angry with myself again, furthering because I did not take care of my health growing up and a couple of other things, but now it's my second chance. And I'm just, I'm really just happy to be able to even just walk around and change my clothes, man. It was, it was a burden to, it was like a big problem to just kind of get that going for a while. And it puts things into perspective. Right. And and uh, when you're talking, when we were talking about stepping back and seeing the big picture and trying to step away and see all of these like things that are happening to us, sometimes it's almost impossible for you to do yourself. And it's mm. important to have good people around you and people who actually care about you and love you. Without you know, without uh, you know, when we say maslaha, like he's not looking, you know, he's not looking to get a benefit out of you in that sense or trying to extort you for something specific. Somebody who genuinely cares about you. I have a few people in my life that I'm extremely grateful for and thankful for, and I forever will be, and my wife included. And these are people that they say things that you may not know you wanted to hear, and it may not be to your face, but you know, and just in passing, and it will stick with you. And it's important to not brush it off and to dwell and to think and you know, not not to go back into this chain and over over overthinking, but going like, no, man, there's, you know, if if I view people in this way. And if they are on a specific pedestal, I will not be the one, and I I will not be the one who drags them down, or really becomes the person who absorbs the energy that they can provide elsewhere to fix my problems and needs. I don't know. I th- I think in that way a lot. I think in my family we've gone we've gone through a bunch of things, and me, the number one thing I hate feeling like is a burden. The number mm-hmm. one thing I hate being to somebody whether it's, you know, financially or emotionally or, you know, and, and the times that I have been a burden to people that I have wronged in my past, like, you know, the past couple of years in my life, um, I still, it sticks with me to today because I feel guilty about it. And I feel very, 
upset with myself about it. And I have a very, like, you should have known better, Abed, you know, moment and reflection and talk with myself. But, but things that have been done have been done. And, you know, it's important to just carry the lessons forward. Because if you, if you repeat the same mistakes a couple of times, you know, it's hard to feel sorry. It's, you, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You'll feel angry and people won't feel like they can pity you or help you or want to do something for you. They're just going to be like, man, this is, you're sh- again, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're dragging yourself throughout life. And you're going to complain that everybody else wins the race and you're in last place. <laughs> you're the one who put the hole in your foot to begin with, right? Uh, I think that's well said. I think that's well said. One one thing as you've been sharing that I've been been thinking about, you know, a lot of this uh, anxiety that we have to perform, to produce, to um, to to reach success, even this idea of, and I'm the same way. I I hate I hate being a burden to you know both my wife and I. It's kind of how we operate, which tends which causes us to be very independent. But then oftentimes that independence hurts our relationship with people because yes, yes. we're not, you know, relying on them. We're instead of turning to people for help, we say, well, I'm going to rely on myself because I don't want to be a burden to someone else. Yes. And and I've, mm. I've been pondering over the last uh, few days as, as I've been thinking about this conversation with you and thinking about uh, my relationship with you, I've been th- and, and then thinking about this topic of self-reliance. And I find it interesting that uh, the the core ideology behind North Korea, which is the most oppressive, most impoverished nation on, on the face <clears throat> of the earth, is self-reliance. They have an entire tower to self-reliance. And it, <laughs> it causes me to think like, okay, self-reliance, it's good, but if it's untempered, it actually leads to this really dark and destructive place. And I think sometimes that anxiety to show up on social media and produce and always put ourselves out there can come from this idea of that we must be completely self-reliant rather than understanding that there is there is kind of like that divine intervention. There is a, a God who is shaping and molding and connecting our lives. And we we had a conversation last week, Obeid, and yeah. in it you shared um, a, a story of how you met um, Muhammad Kavim. And I thought it was very interesting. It, it, you, you can tell, I don't know if there's time to tell the story, but essentially you, you were just at a shop and you happened to bump into each other and exchange numbers. And it was very random, but now... He's a great friend of yours. You travel with him. It, it's bloomed into just a, a community, which was all by chance. And, you know, you were one of the first people that I reached out to for uh, uh, an interview on this podcast. Talk about yeah. imposter syndrome because it was, I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> but from that, it has opened up this these relationships that I could have never expected or imagined. So I want to first thank you for, for that, for saying yes. But at the same time, there was a level of, you know, chance or serendipity of, I don't even remember how I, I found you on social media and what caused me to say, Hey, let's, you know, sit down for an interview. And so I think for as much kind of networking and striving and we need to get our work out there and we need to make our name for ourselves and we need to make ourselves better and self-improvement and self-discipline. 
sometimes, yeah, all that preparation is important. But at other times, you walk into a shop and you meet someone and you don't realize it then, but it opens up this amazing, beautiful avenue of relationships and valuable 100%. things in your life. Yeah, 100%, man. So uh, all of the, all of the, I think the blessings and things that happened in my life is because I was out there. And uh, just to like help you understand how I think about these things, you know, the Arabic word for human is insan. And uh, the word insan is derived from uh, nasi, which means to forget. And uh, humans are bound to forget. Mm-hmm. That's why we write and that's why we document and that's why we're obsessed with, you know, telling our story because we don't want to forget, especially great moments that happen to us. And I am particularly forgetful uh, memory-wise and alhamdulillah, my wife and my one of my best friends they're, they're my, they're like my memory bank, man. Like if I have any question or if I'm telling a story, they always, they always tell me like, oh no, actually this happened. And I don't even second guess it. Like I'm sure they're right about it. And, uh, one of the things I too tend to forget is the blessings we have in our life. And I'm sure it's not just me. It's everybody else. Uh, you know, every it's, it's bound to happen to anybody and everyone. And I think it's an important thing for us to remember who we are and why we are and what we're doing. And, uh, and I've forgotten about all of, you know, there was a part of me or there was a time where I forgot about all these amazing opportunities that happened. The fact that I met Mohammed Kalam by chance, that I bumped into you when I was early in my career and you were early into the podcast and I forgot about how, again, you know, I also forgot about how it happened, but I'm very happy that it did. But, you know, I, I was talking to you, I think also last week about how upset I was with how I haven't been reading as much. Yeah. And just reading like a page a day or two pages a day that gives me such a, an important feeling that I think is essential to how I want to live my life. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm kind of linking reading to breathing. Cause if I don't read, I feel like I'm really, there's like a sense of suffocation that happens. And I'm sure anybody who's listening to this in terms of, you know, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's writing, maybe it's exercise, anything like that. You know, if you feel like you're bound to do something and you don't do it, it you're putting yourself in a cage my two things right now is reading and just being out in nature. And I think because I've been so deprived and so homebound for, for some time, especially with quarantine and a couple of things that happened, despite Alhamdulillah, my marriage going through, I kind of like um, made the world small where it's actually an unending place. And I'm kind of breaking out of that, that, uh, that mental cage and people, and you know, and I come, you know, you, you realize this later on, but you're the one who put yourself in that position. I'm the one who put myself in that cage. I'm the one who did this to myself. And I'm easily the same, the same person who can take myself out. So I am, and I want to go out and, you know, have the opportunity and the chance to meet people again and to see people again and to explore the world again and fall hopefully headfirst into these amazing opportunities. Yes. Because I mean, life is, life is a string of amazing coincidences if you're out and coincidences happen. But if you're stuck at home and if you don't, and if you live in fear and in self-doubt, nothing's going to come your way, man. <laughs> that and, is you know, true. See, these, these are things I'm, again, I know, but I forget. And I have to constantly remember and realize, and I have to just remind myself. And I wish I could just like tattoo it on the underside of my eyelid so I can just close my eyes and see it every time. But that's not how, that's not how we work as people, sadly. Sergey, what to do? We gotta, we gotta live and make do with what we have, and I'm, it's a problem I'm trying to solve. But, alhamdulillah, I have a better framework and structure and support system for it now. So, 
I think those are those are wise closing words of, you know, you have to get out and getting out won't guarantee that something happens, but not getting yes. out guarantees that nothing happens. And exactly, it, man. Look, I, I just want to say one more point just quickly. I know fun. that you hit your 200th episode mark, right? Yes. And I'm sure out of the 200 episodes, some are prefer like your favorites more than others, right? There are some podcasts where you feel like, I wish, like, I don't even know what I was thinking when I did this. And somewhere <laughs> you're like, this is oh, yeah. exactly my master. Or this could be, you know, your magnum opus kind of situation. For me, because I'm conducting a workshop in a couple of days, just to give perspective to audiences, right? In 2019, okay, 2019 alone, it was a very busy year for me. I shot over easily 40, 50,000 photos, all right? Of which of those 50,000 photos, the ones that live on my computer that have survived the, the editing and elimination process, sorry, has gone down to 8,000, all right? So from five to 8,000. From that 8,000, if somebody says, show me your portfolio from 2019, I would be able to only show them honestly, in, in an earnest manner, about less than 100 photos, about 95. Wow. Okay, 95 photos that if somebody said, Abed, you, 2019 is going to be the only year of your career and you need to make something out of it and you need to sell prints or you need to show them in an exhibition or a gallery, what are you going to show? I have less than 95 images. I'm confident I can show with, with all my heart. It's 2%. Yep. Less. So... It takes that much effort. You need to go out. You need to have all those experiences because out of the hundred experiences or the hundred days or thousand days you're going to go out, there's going to be a handful of those opportunities of that two or 1% that's going to come your way. That's going to be worth showing. That's going to be worth talking about. And if you don't go out there again, it's just never going to come. If I don't shoot, if I don't click that button, if I don't put myself out there, if I don't plan for it, it's just never going to come. And you know, when, when I'm going through this process and I'm preparing this workshop and I'm getting these things, these things, these are the small realizations that make me see what, what, you know, my, what life is about and make me understand and realize that, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't take what we have for granted and we can't, you know, just sit at home and hope for things to come our way. And we can't, you know, we have to go out in there and reach out for the stars, right? Because, you know, my dad always told me, if you reach for the moon, you're going to fall on the, you know, it's a very famous saying, you know, if you, if you aim for the moon, you're going to land on, the, you're going to land on the earth. And if you aim for the stars, you may land on the moon, but you yeah. just need to go as high as you can and as far as you can, because if something's going to come your way eventually, sorry, just wanted to throw that out there quickly before we end the segment. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think that's such a great, great point. And I think it's actually way less than, I mean, a hundred out of, 50,000, that's way less than 2%. So I was strong on that. I think it's I mean, half, I mean, there's a, a lot more production that happens your way. I can shoot like 30 photos a second. So it doesn't <laughs> count for as much. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is such a small number. And I think it is in that, it is in that gap of shooting, you know, what, a thousand photos before you get two great images that we find mm -hmm. that discouragement, whether that's in sales, a thousand phone calls, you know. It, yes. And we, so it's, it applies to other areas, not just in the creative work or producing a podcast or, or writing, but like you said, it requires us to show, to show up and trust, not in ourselves, not in kind of that anxious toil, but just in our diligence, knowing that if we, if we put our hand to the work, that the work will be blessed, not because of our capabilities, not because we are 
the greatest or capable, but it's in spite of ourselves. And I think yes. even hearing you talk about, you know, that, that imagery with a ship that, with holes in it, bailing water out, it's like it's in spite of our weaknesses. It's in spite of our brokenness. And and that goes for every individual um, on the face of the earth. And I think that is something that I take courage in, knowing that I'm not alone, empathy in, knowing that I'm not alone. And something I think we all need to be reminded of. Yeah. Well, Obey, awesome. thank you. Thank you so much for opening up in just such a, just a real, um, not kind of like raw and often, oftentimes like raw kind of conversations can end up being very discouraging, but just in a very sincere way that enables and encourages people to uh, continue with the the path that they've been called on and whether it's their art or their career or their business or their, their marriage. Um, I, I think it's just, just a great encouraging takeaway. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to pour out my heart uh, anytime you ask me to, Lucas, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I'm back on the show. I think it's really stark difference from when we started a couple of years ago. And uh, kind of looking forward to what happens the next couple of years ahead down the road. Yeah, let's, see what, let's see where life takes us, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> that is all for the conversation with Orbaid. But don't go away. We will be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, the segment of the show where we take ancient wisdom and weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can weave our destiny and own our futures. Today's quote comes from Nebi Suleiman, King Suleiman from Ecclesiastes, and it is a juicy one. The quote says, he pens, then I saw that all toil and all skill in work comes from a man's envy of his neighbor. This is also vanity and striving after the wind. Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and a striving after wind. I felt like this quote, this proverb, was so, it just rang true so much from our conversation with Orbaid that so often we are chasing after wind, we're chasing after vanity, vanity metrics, and oftentimes it comes from envy. It comes from looking to our right and to our neck, uh, right and left, rubbernecking, as uh, <laughs> as we would say back in the, my band camp days, rubbernecking, when you're you know in drumline and you're about to go perform, it's you don't look at what all the other drumlines are doing. You keep your eyes straight ahead. You keep focused on the goal that's in front of you, not comparing yourself to someone else or to where someone else is in their craft. And so often we are, are toiling and striving after the wind. And I, I love the, the end of this, where it's a, better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil. And so often we are so consumed with 
making the metrics look good or, or reaching our goals or someone else's goals, but our hands are filled with toil and striving after emptiness. And there are times that we just need to take a step back and have one handful of quietness, just a break to be able to think and reflect and focus on the things that matter, on the people that matter, on the relationships that matter to us most. Where maybe it's not a photo that gets posted somewhere. Maybe it doesn't, you know, work into our overall strategy to take over the world or be a successful person. But it really does, in a way, tie into a strategy of being a whole person, being a holistic person and living a holistic life where we're connecting in deep ways with the relationships around us. Because at the end of the day, that's what life is about. It's about people. Changing the world is about people. Having a successful business is about people. Anything and everything we do, it all comes back down to connecting with people. And that means relationship with people. And that is a a reminder for me, like I'm preaching to myself here. I'm I'm talking to myself here because oftentimes I can lose sight of that. I can focus on my skill. I can focus on the craft. I can focus on my, my abilities to perform. I can focus on how good or not good my, my products are or the podcast is or, but really it all comes back down to relationships. So as you walk away from this episode, I hope that you are able to take a step back and focus on a little bit of quietness and focus on the relationships that matter to you most. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Remember my book, Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. I wrote this book at a time of my life where I was striving after the wind. I had two handfuls of toil and I was getting nowhere. I was missing the entire point of life. And so I wrote this book as a manifesto to myself. You can find the link to it in the show notes. And it has helped me tremendously in my life. And I hope that it is a tool that helps you as well. If you have any questions, please WhatsApp me a plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero. And remember that you are a truth seeker, someone that goes out and make sure that you're seeing the world rightly, that you're taking the the lenses off of your eyes that skews the way that we perceive the world so that you can uncover your purpose and own your future. <laughs>